Spurs have their new coach, and it is Ange Postacoglu. All right across, it in, and scores! And Madison can drive, and Son is in! Welcome to the Oslo Spurs podcast, where we'll be doing a quick preview of the West Ham game and Ange Postacoglu's latest press conference, diving into the latest injury news and expected lineups for upcoming fixtures and where this could leave us going into next week. So today we've got Stu with us. How are you, mate? All good, mate. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Doing good. And we've got Johnny. How are you, sir? Tip top. Thanks very much, mate. Good. Should we start with Ange's press conference, guys? Um, because there was some important team news, wasn't there? It sounds like there's a, a few players out. Um, Stu, you've been through the whole content. What, what's the summary? Yeah, unfortunately, looks like Sar is definitely missing out, um, although he's hopeful that he'll be back for the weekend, um, which obviously you know means there's not much change we can really make in midfield. Um, Romero, unfortunately, is back, which I think is going to be a huge impact for us. Um, and hopefully, as we discussed in the last pod, hopefully with Romero back, it'll also free up Basuma a bit more um, and get him back to his, his kind of pre-Luton form. Um, and he also mentioned, obviously, Richie isn't fully fit yet. Um, it's going to take him some time to get back to fully fitness, obviously, after his, his operation. Um, but he did mention that Richie was out um, because of the injury. Obviously, it wasn't great timing when he went for the surgery, but he'd been suffering from this injury since the beginning of the season, which again, might make us all reconsider how much we've been slacking him off in his poor form, etc. Because obviously, like we know with Sun last year, that when players are suffering injuries, um, it's not easy to, to kind of deal with them. So hopefully we'll see the Richie we thought we were buying for $60 million, um, in a couple of weeks once he's back to full fitness. Um, and he also mentioned that Dyer's um, got a groin problem. Um, and it'll be a while, I think, before before he comes back. Oh, interesting. I didn't realise Dyer's was looking like a medium-term injury. I thought it was just a short-term knock. That's a, that's a shame. I know people don't rate him, but it's. I think it's important to have that emergency depth in the squad until the 1st of January. So it's a shame that it sounds like he'll be out until then. But hopefully January 1st comes and we sign a, one of those left centre-backs we've been, we've been linked recently. Johnny, there, there were also some classic Ange-type comments in that interview, weren't there, <laughs> today? Were there any yeah, there of those that a, you picked a... up on? There was two, two that I, I like. There, there was that Stu was saying before we went on there. Um, when it, he does these little subtle jabs at the media, and he was saying that um, that Tottenham got plaudits for their performance um, against City, and he was saying, yeah, making a point of saying that, yeah, after 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 the game, yeah, after the game, he's, he's quite, <laughs> I quite like the way he, he doesn't let the opportunity pass um, for moments like that. You know, that, I think there was. Um, He's he's just he just says what needs to be said. He doesn't really doesn't really waffle on. I, I think there's um, yeah, it's interesting to see the situation with the the players' availability. And when I, I kind of lost track at the the point where my audio was crashing, but he was talking about the discipline thing, which is the only thing that well, not the only thing. Our injury situation is obviously very well. Um, everybody knows about whether you're a Spurs fan or not, but the 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 question about the discipline and going back to the Chelsea game where this all went pear-shaped in the first place and the two lads that got suspended as a result of their red cards on that day because of the um, still the prevailing situation is that if, if a doggy got a yellow then he's he's on a ban because he's got four yellow cards now and of course if Romero gets a straight red then he's out for four games 
which is mm. because it'll be the second. Oh. Um, so like the thought of that is what makes me nervous. And and then, you know, he was talking about, and that's when my audio was going ropey, so maybe Stu can fill in, but there was, you know, talking about, because I remember before he was, whenever there was question marks about, you know, Cootie's um, ability to kind of rein things in a little bit, and we'd all kind of been bigging him up big time for the first couple of months of the season because he hadn't, be, it took him, never mind getting booked, he wasn't even giving away fouls. Um, and then all of a sudden that just like went totally down the pan. Um, and Andrew's very quick to sort of defend his players, which he usually does. But he, 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 there was a sort of recognition of, yes, you do want to defend with, especially in the Premier League, with aggression and, and to, you know, let the player know you're there kind of thing. But, you know, he can't, we can't afford it. Like we lost them again and we're back to the situation we've been in for the last few weeks to have the doggy back in the last week and now to have Romero back is huge um, and also even just the players that are on the bench that before had to start you know that that's what I guess for me I'm mm. you know really a little bit concerned about it and hope, hopefully not nodding not needing uh, hopefully I don't need to be in and they can stay out of the book I, I- I thought he made a good point about Romero because they asked him what it was like with him, obviously in training but not playing. Um, and he pretty much, you know, made it clear that I think Romero he didn't need to have a word because Romero understood the consequences mm. and you know the shit that he he let the side in because okay. he was out with all the other problems that we had. Yeah. And it looks like, yeah, the, the yellow cards for Udogi don't reset until the 19th game of the season. So he's not going to make five games about getting a booking. So that suspension is going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just glad, looking at the positives here, it's not he's not going to miss the West Ham game. I'd be gutted if he missed the Newcastle game. Yes. Um, I'd almost rather he was out. Well, there's no easy game, so it's stupid to say, but the, the dream, the best case scenario out of West Ham, Newcastle, Forest, Everton and Brighton is probably for him to get through the next two games you know, get his booking against Newcastle and miss Nottingham Forest and return mm. for for Everton and, and Brighton, I yeah, think. Yeah. But Romero, we, we discussed before, like he's such a a brilliant, consistent player when he's on, on the pitch. But this guy looking at his missed games for Spurs, it's quite it's quite mm. staggering. It's something like a yeah. third of his Tottenham career has been missed through suspensions and injuries. Half, I think it's 48%. 48%, yeah. It was over 30 games. It's 34 games. Just incredible. Like, for him, if he comes into this game and gets sent off, I think it's time <laughs> to maybe start... Uh, people have bubbled this idea up. I'm interested to get your guys' opinion. Do we look at the summer as an opportunity not to just find another backup centre-back, but think bigger than that and try and prove one of our already very good centre-backs? And if you're going to improve one, it would probably be Romero. And is that a discussion realistically to be had? Looking for someone a bit more, like reliable is the wrong word. Someone who you know is going to go into a North London derby and not wipe out Ben White inside two minutes, even though it's hilarious to watch. <laughs> Do you guys think it's worth that? Or, or is this completely unfair Romero, who's been brilliant, to be fair to him when he's been on the pitch? I think if you take out the Chelsea game before that, he was a model player. Um, and you know, was living up to the vice captaincy. Um, mm. You know, let, let's see what he's like when he's back. Maybe it was just that one game. It was a big game. Everybody was up for it. I think they got a little bit too psyched up for it, um, and he clearly lost it. Hopefully, he's learned his lesson. But, I mean, he's a class defender. I mean, 
Yeah. yeah. The other thing is as well, like, and this is just like hi- me hypothesizing on the basis of just like human psychology and thinking, well, Romero, if you were in the Spurs squad last year and you missed a couple of games, would you be bothered? <laughs> and if you're missing them now, you'd be like really gutted. And like you said, um, Stu, like he knows he's let the, the team down. I think again with the thing about the the vice captaincy and, and the responsibilities be given, he is one of the more senior players in terms of longevity. He's got the World Cup winners medal in his pocket now, so you, you know he surely he 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 wants to be on the pitch like he and he he knows he can make a big difference. And it's sort of crunch time. I mean, he might not be at the biggest club in the league if we're being objective. Like that's. Un- that you can't debate that really, but he's still uh, a club where there's lots of exciting things happening, and he's got an opportunity to like really cement himself. And uh, who knows? I, I think he seems to be genuinely quite committed and, and you know, attached to Spurs, you know, uh, as part of his identity. It gives that impression anyway. Um, so yeah, he's he's not going to want to just like be an absolute idiot and you know be reckless. I think you're right, Stu. I think the way that he played in the first six weeks or so or so. That is fair. Is, you know. he, he went from being that continuous time of getting booked. Ridiculous. like every game under Conte yeah, for like yeah. nine games. It's not crazy. Yeah. And then one before a suspension, he went on this complete discipline mode and didn't get suspended yeah. for like six yeah. games in a row until the cards reset. And we're like, he's a changed man. Yeah. To be honest, right. like Sergio Ramos, I kind of feel he's that good where you can say, all right, you're so good mm. that one or two red cards each year will we'll take it as a part of yeah. the parcel with you. Mm. But I think if he was to go get sent off against West Ham, I'd be fuming. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. I, I'll be, for, to put us out of action for four games when we need him the most, I'd be livid. But anyway, that's, that's assumptions. He hasn't done anything wrong. So we're assuming he's going to be a good boy. And welcome back, Romero. <laughs> um, talking of West Ham, boys, just quickly five minutes on that game as well. How are we feeling going to that? Are you feeling better with a doggy and Romero back? And how do you expect the midfield to to go? Um, Stu, do you, do you expect any changes in the lineup? Yeah, I I don't think I think because of um, obviously I, I think um, Royale is going to be out and Romero will be in. Um, I think mm-hmm. the rest of them will same back line as as it was against City. Uh, midfield, I think probably the same starting three. So that's Basuma, um, GLC, and Kulu. And then, um, and then Johnson and Hill, and then obviously Son in the middle. Uh, the the only one maybe is if he wants to go with the the Hoiberg and, and push GLC up to the ten, and and Kulu out to the right, and then probably Johnson I would presume on the left. Um, mm. But those are the only kind of tinkering that I can imagine him doing with with the squad that we have. Do you think Johnny, you, you're on the same yeah, page there? To be honest, I I I just think like. I'd rather see Heel coming off the bench. I mean, I liked I like Decky playing where he was playing, so it's a shame to kind of miss that by having Hoybjerg in at the beginning. And I was listening, I think it was Alistair Gold was talking about like the effect that um, that that um, Hoybjerg's having as a substitute now. Like he's really coming in and he's playing far better off the bench than he has done when he's been mm. starting. I think that's actually probably true as well. I just sort of wonder if you're weighing up the pros and cons. Although I I like Heel, I really want him to succeed, and I would be happy enough if he does start because he does need to get a run of games. When he's got, when he's there, just 
it's like with Richarlison every week of saying, oh, I can, you know, give, let's keep back him, let's keep back him. And then you get to the point where I know it's only a few games. I still feel like with Heel, he just looks so lightweight. He really looks so lightweight. And I don't know. I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope he proves me wrong. But I kind of, I would have thought you would start with Hoybeard, but Ange doesn't do necessarily like, you know, and it's West Ham. So it's probably, he could probably afford to start Heel. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say to defend Heel is that, yes, he is lightweight, but he shows a lot more than Johnson. The ball is played to him a lot more than Johnson because he makes himself available. Yeah. So he does a lot more work rate than Johnson does. So just mm-hmm. from that, I would play him rather than Johnson and then bring on Johnson from the bench with really? an extra pace when, when the defenders are, yeah. are getting tired. I'm a Johnson fanboy. You all know I am. I yeah. I'm so I've got this weird thing in my head that he's going to be the superstar under Ange for some nothing other than my my <laughs> gut. But um, I do agree. I think the work ethic from Hill was head and shoulders above that of Johnson in that last game. And he, like you're saying, he was dropping back to get the ball. He was also pressing more aggressively. I mm. I thought as well. Um, it was like Johnson had all the but Johnson's pace was just that much level of more threatening as was his strength. I thought as well, but um. Also, I, I think, like you said, I'd be such a shame to see Kulu, though, drop out of that creative yeah, role. He was so yeah. good in that position. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so good in that role. And I think you've got to try to preserve that. Um, I think the about Heel, like his, obviously, what he did for the first goal against City for um, starting that move was really brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just thinking for when I was watching the Villa match, like, just seemed to stop and check back and pass back an awful lot. Like, I don't, I, don't know. I, d- I didn't think there was an awful lot of product. He ran around, just very busy, dribbled with the ball, and a bit like it's, people would all say about Mora, he just ended up with not much happening at the end of the... Against Villa, he did the similar cross to Johnson for the Kulu goal, except Sun mistimed his jump for the header. Mm. I mean... Yeah, that's true. We, we do seem to have but a hierarchy Johnson of... Johnson did that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jo- Johnson <laughs> the, did bring on... The, he, he laid on the assist for Decky's goal. In the, against yeah, City. Yeah. yeah, he did. So, I don't know. Like, I, I think they're, they're, yeah, I think, I think Johnson's got more in him and he's definitely physically far, far more suited um, for the Premier League. All we can ask is they put in effort when they're wearing the shirt yeah. and if they're good yeah, enough or not, exactly. that's down to the manager and our coaching and our scout department. So they all work hard in that team. So there's the hierarchy Tottenham of blame though, which is if we concede too many goals, it's Ben Davies' fault. If we don't create enough, it's <laughs> Hoybjerg's fault. If we yeah. don't score enough, it's Richarlison's fault. When he's injured, it's Hill's fault. It's just yeah. this kind of constant oversimplification of, of a loss. Um, yeah. But um, roll on West Ham, boys. Should we quickly finish some score predictions for the game? Go on, Stu. What do you think? I'm going to go um, for 2-1. It's, you know, we've got to go for the win. Um, I, I think West Ham, I, I look, was looking at their goal difference and they're not that bad. They do score. Um, and Bowen especially is the one that we have to keep an eye on because he's their top scorer by miles. So I think he'll score, but I think um, Sonny and I think Kulu will get the two for us. Johnny? Yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll win as well. Uh, um, yeah, the stats are quite interesting, West Ham. They, they've... Scored in all their away games, they've and they've um, got quite a decent away record. They've they've won three games away, and, and Bowen scored in all of his games away this season. So, like, yeah, he's definitely the danger man. I mean, we should win. I'm going to say three one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, let's let's have a destiny, a doggy hat trick. 
<laughs> for, for the vibes. Oh, it doesn't cost vibes. 100 million to get that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll go for a chaos. I'll go for, there's got to be a moment of chaos. There always is in this game. There's going to be a red yeah. card um, oh, and a penalty in the game. I think we'll get the red card, but we'll also get the penalty um, and we'll win it 2 first 1. Yeah. Yeah. I think who's, getting, first... who's getting sent off? Because I'm, I'm worried about the suspension now. Yeah, the, you know who I think it's going to be. Oh, um, uh, but uh, I hope I'm hope I'm wrong there. But um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Roll on. I think we'll win. That's the most important thing. Um, and up the Spurs, boys. Up the Spurs. Spurs have their new coach, and it is Ange Postecoglou. Oh, 